Call Teddy Hart. Calling Teddy Hart. Hey, Joseph. Hey, man, what's up? How are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? I'm good, man. How was uh how was bedtime? <laughs> it's still kind of going on. I can hear I can hear Crystal in there making sure they're not going too crazy, but it was good. Is there uh is there elaborate uh excuses every night? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's like uh the reincarnation of Zach Morris. Uh, <laughs> the shenanigans of their shenanigans, there will be no end. <laughs> there's, so. Yeah, there, there's there's always, uh, that's when greatest thirst happens for Zeke every night. Um, right. Hunger. Every every wound that he's faced during the day uh, needs a Band-Aid. <laughs> All of those. It's It's so utterly bizarre to me. We've not figured out how to get him to brush, to get either one of them to brush their teeth and not snack afterward. <laughs> it just hasn't happened. Yeah. And actually, one of the funniest things that, that they're doing right now is my youngest son, Ezra, he'll, like, we'll put them to bed. We'll try to watch something. And so we'll pop some popcorn and it'll be like 10 o'clock, an hour and a half past their bedtime. And I'll hear the door open up and his feet pitter patter down the floor and, <laughs> He'll say, "Hey, who's eating popcorn?" <laughs> and it's like he asks it. You can't, you can't lie. You can't say not me, right? But if he knows you, he goes, "It's already smelled the popcorn." And if he knows, like I don't have an answer to deflect. You're not getting popcorn. Yeah. But so every time, like it, it like wakes him up out of his sleep. The smell of popcorn. So we're we're doomed. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pointless. <laughs> Zeke Zeke's really insidious with his. He. He knows how to get me, so he'll say, uh, "I need you to pray for me." Oh, uh, man. or or he'll say, um, "He'll say, Dad, uh, just just tell me one more story." Like all of that kind of like, it's just him trying to get me to stay in in the room for another thirty minutes. That's that's uh, I mean that would that wears on you, but it's also super cute, right? Oh yeah 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 it. But there is a limit to it, I found. <laughs> right. Sometimes I'm like, I you you sly devil, I will not fall for this. <laughs> yeah. There uh had I had I not been so mischievous as a as a kid and an adult, uh, I might fall for more of it, but I you know, it's me punishing myself. It's like my own genes coming back to haunt me, you know. I heard some comedian say that the other day like you're spanking this kid who you made and looks like you and is only mirroring what they've seen you do so you are just beating <laughs> yourself like, what? <laughs> that's uh that's hilarious yeah. i want to know who that was you'll have to share that with me later if you remember it was probably pete holmes would be my guess but i, I can't remember uh, who it was that definitely sounds like a pete holmes joke do you ever still like reflexively? I don't do it anymore, but I catch myself almost doing it. Like if you're talking about a movie, do you do you still uh, do the? Uh, it, it it's a little bit crass, or uh, 
it's rated R, but it's uh like do you still do that in your head even? Uh I I really only do that about music because I barring recent events, I, I'm predominantly a hip hop listener. Right. And no, uh, and I, I don't have any any value for Christian hip hop. So <laughs> no. I have to always give a disclaimer, right? Because you know, it just is what it is. But not not so much about movies and stuff anymore. Uh yeah. I don't I don't think I guess I guess mine comes up when I think uh there's a chance that somebody uh is listening in or like it's public or something. If it's private, right. I'm, it, you know, that's it it's not even a thought. But uh I guess I still have some of that in me somewhere. Yeah. I guess what I find vulgar and and explicit are completely different than the tribe I was brought up in. <laughs> Yeah. And so I have I have equal horror to their horror of what they find explicit and I don't. Right. I have equal horror for what they tend to not be shocked by. Yeah. And my mouth drops. So I'm just kind of stuck. Yeah, we're we're both disappointed in each other. That's what I say sometimes. <laughs> right. And another one that I say is uh you don't want to know. Just it's okay. You just don't want to know. It's fine. We don't have to talk about it, especially politics. Like, I promise, whatever my five minute rant is on what you're talking about, you just don't want to know. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. That that's totally true. I I wish that I could incarnate that more. I'm learning to. I mean, I'm a, I'm an Enneagram eight, so uh, I forgot I about that, dude. I'm and I can be so opinionated. Much more diplomatic now that I'm in my mid forties, but uh-huh. yeah, uh, I I try not to. I try not to like, bro. I just would shoot bullets all the time <laughs> if if I just didn't have a filter. Well, to give people uh, a little bit of a context, it is, it's technically Good Friday here for me. So it's twelve thirteen a.m. here. It's nine thirteen your time. Um, for people in the church or whoever's listening to this that wouldn't know you, can you give just like a, a little, like who the heck are you thing? Wow. That, that could cause an existential crisis like right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Teddy Hart. I am Joseph's friend and uh, deeply grateful for the relationship that's flourishing between us. We knew each other in Charlotte. Uh, I've been a pastor for uh, 13 years, a young adult pastor in Charlotte, um, and for for about a decade. And then three years ago, my wife and I, who is more pastoral than than I am, uh, came to Long Beach, California to plant a church. So that's what we're doing. And I pretty much like all things basketball. Or LeBron James, um, and I like hip hop and theology. So any of those things is is like my wheelhouse. Not that I'm an expert on anything. I'm just opinionated and like those things. That's a uh, that's a very good synopsis of you. That was like thank you. That was a nice thirty thousand foot like somehow you you uh, separated from yourself and described yourself very well. 
nice. It <laughs> felt like it felt like uh, Steph Curry heaving about a sixty footer. Just <laughs> you know, it went in. It's just dead money. Um, <laughs> well, uh, so Teddy, you you sent me a uh, you sent me a prompt for something that you guys are doing at Parish. Uh, which this will come out on Good Friday. So, uh, tell tell folks what you guys are doing over on your Instagram account. That's I think it's a really creative and good idea. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, my wife and I came up with the idea that uh, to try to do uh, Stations of the Cross uh, on Instagram. Um, we we were trying we were looking for an idea to engage our community for Good Friday. And we're, we're a very small community and don't let that mislead you. There's a lot of depth and it's, it's very communal. These people are really growing together that we're with and that make up our church. And uh, so we're just trying to find a way to engage them, even feeling more pressing. And if I'm taking too long, just tell me, but even feeling pressed that this good Friday is the most important good Friday of my life. Big time. And, um, I mean, that should be said about everyone, every good Friday. Sure. But this one particular has a lot of weight. It's got a special level of like importance for whatever reason. Well, for obvious reasons, but it, it feels different. Right. And maybe we'll, we'll chase down that trail a little bit later, but we, we were trying to engage our community, you know, and we, we decided that we would try to get, try to pull off this, this, uh, immersion into the stations of the cross, which, you know, uh, was the idea was we were going to get, uh, 14 of our friends, people that we were calling friends of parish, you know, the people who have been the encouraging formative, um, voices, uh, in our lives, and we would uh, ask them to collaborate with us um, on this. And so 14 people took, each took a station, uh, each person took a station of the cross. Um, and for for evangelicals who, you know, probably largely are the ones that will be listening to this, stations of the cross is not like a super common thing. So can you give like a little overview of what what it is yeah it's um it's really a a a spiritual practice and and i'm glad you said that because this is precisely what i think is most brilliant about it um and i don't say that about a lot of things that we do um but i i actually think this is such an on-ramp to the spiritual practice of like participating in the stations of the cross so basically i mean there's there's a protestant and a catholic version of it but that's neither here nor there right what matters is uh there's a certain amount of stations uh each one reflecting on one movement it's 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 participated primarily on good friday as a spiritual practice but if you go to monasteries or retreat houses that are more mainline or Catholic or Orthodox, you're, you're liable to come across. This as part of um, their ways of participating in prayer. So they'll have these set up year round, you know, yeah. but they'll have like some places will have um, statues or, or, uh, or uh, sculptures. 
um, and all, you know, kind of drawing us into specific experience, the experiences of Christ as he leaves Gethsemane and is crucified. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so we thought this would be a great way on ramp, you know, because I have a lot of friends, the tribe I come out of, uh, has, is Pentecostal and has a lot of evangelical like ties. And, and so it's a little, it's intimidating for anybody to try new spiritual practices. If I'm going to be frank, I think that at least myself, anything that, anything that smacked of Catholicism growing up was like, (laughs) you know, not even close to going to be accepted. Right. Right. That's hilarious. Right. I know. And you say monastery and people, it's already, people are triggered. Y'all new age. (laughs) I don't know how a monastery can be new age. Right. Of course. Yeah. Like it's, it is literally like opposite terms. Right. They, they, they don't have electronics. (laughs) They're not new age at all. I want to go to a monastery that just looks like the movie Tron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we, we did this and, and it's turned out so good. I, again, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a hype person, but I, I believe in the richness of what has come from this collaboration. Uh It's been truly, truly, uh, meaningful for us to experience but i i think it's going to be really great in light of hey let's uh let, let let's get a little deeper into immersing ourselves into christ's crucifixion and that way the hope of easter becomes all that more apparent to us so yeah that, that was the heart yeah 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 i so um you guys asked me to do it i i hadn't really thought a ton about stations of the cross in a long time. Um, I, I did six weeks of undergrad, uh, travel or study abroad, uh, during, during undergrad in, uh, in Jerusalem. And we were there during Easter. And, um, and so we did, you know, the Via Dolorosa and stations of the cross and all of that kind of stuff. Like we were in, mm. we were in the garden and we, uh, were both at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, where some people think he was crucified and buried and all that, and then also at the Garden Tomb and all those different places. So, like, I, I had done that, but I hadn't really engaged it in a long time. And um, something about it, uh, kind of reflecting on it and trying to, like, gather some some thoughts together or whatever was, like, a, a, a profound experience for me. Um, and... I guess, like you said, Good Friday should be the most important Good Friday every year that you're alive, but um, sometimes it just takes on a new kind of importance or something. Um, right. So there were some themes that came out of it for me. So my, my station was uh, Jesus falling for a third time, and it's it's not specifically referenced in, uh, in Scripture, but it's sort of like a, you know, the thing I said in my recording, it's like a... a almost like if you do like an Ignatian uh, reading of scripture where you kind of try to put yourself into the story or whatever, you can imagine it, it probably was 
a ton of falls and things like that that we don't get in the text, but that was definitely there. And so, um, anyway, some so some themes came up for me, but I, the question I have is like, and maybe we can kind of use this as a frame for the conversation. So, fourteen different people did this. What were what were some of the themes that came up um, from all these recordings, and then maybe we can talk through some of them and how it kind of relates to our thoughts about why this Good Friday is uh, important in particular, and then just in general, why we need to put importance on things like Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and these these times on the church calendar that are like specifically for lament and for uh, somber kind of moments of, of reflection. Yeah, there was so there's there's was there's too, there's almost too much, Joseph, like that that was one of the astounding parts of the immersion is that um so many there like every single person brought a, a different voice it, it was it was a really diverse group of people uh-huh. um and and a different voice and a and a different perspective there were people of different vocations pastors and theologians and lay people um I'm trying to think of the major themes. Obviously, one of the major threads was COVID-19. Yeah. That that came up a lot as it should. Um and so that that was that that was one of the main themes and I I think that you know, that's why I would have that's why I characterized this this good Friday is like the most important one. You know, we're we're in a time where you know this, and <laughs> there's not going to be any bunny petting zoos or Ferris wheels on Sunday anywhere, except for maybe like six insane pastors. I was going to say in Florida for sure there will be yeah, that. Yeah, Florida, I think Louisiana and Texas, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought California was the crazy state. At least that's what all my East Coast friends think. <laughs> right, uh, but you, you, there's a monopoly on it on the East Coast. I think. Cool. Um, you know, besides them, the the whole triumphalism of of Easter and and then you know of it not being received in hope, but being received as some sort of reality for us already is that's gone. Like that, right? That that myth is trampled right now, and it gave light to uh, at least it shed a lot of light to have, you know, to have people being able to be candid about Christ's death in a way that like, honestly, I, I hadn't, I hadn't seen it or wrestled with it. And so it's like our collective need to mourn. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely need to mourn and we need to come to grips that there are worse things than death. Mm. And, and that would be to survive at all costs. And, uh, because if, if we're trying to survive at all costs, we, we can't, we can't participate in Christ's death. Yeah. And, and so there's, because death is a pathway for life. That's the message of, of this, of Holy week is like, you will not taste resurrection unless you pass through death. 
And so there is like right. a, a yielding to death. Right. Right. I'm, I'm getting a little emotional over here. I'm sorry. Like in the, in all the kind of good Pentecostal ways I can, but, <laughs> um, yeah. And so it just, it, it feels poignant, you know? And so, uh, there were there were a lot of great ideas. Uh, I'll try to recall some. I mean, one of the stations that uh, we just recently got one of the videos for. When you have fourteen, it just and you have so much good stuff, it it overwhelms. Yeah, it overwhelms, right? But one of the ones we got was uh, we have a station that was uh, Jesus uh, receives the crown of thorns, and one of the photos that somebody chose this this pastor actually in kingsport tennessee phil harris he chose um just a picture of barbed wire wow and and in his reflection just kept talking about how in john it says they fashioned that those that crown of thorns with their hands and his meditation was about the things we fashion with our hands that that separate and injure and keep people out and keep people in yeah, and ways of marking our race or nationality. And that reflection, I, I can't get, it's just, it's seared into my yeah. imagination right now. Yeah. And I've, I've never put those two things together, you know? No, no. I, um, before we jumped on the call, I, I read the, uh, lectionary passage for tomorrow or for today, I guess, since it's past midnight. Um, I did too. <laughs> and that part, like it's hard to, it's hard to get new thoughts about, you know, this scene or whatever, because it's so, you're so inundated with it. If you grew up in the church and, uh, you know, like I am seeing Easter plays and hearing the same songs that they always sing in every, every church during this time or whatever. Um, but there was something about the crown of thorns that jumped off the page at me. Like the, the, the senselessness of the whole thing, like the, uh, how, how it hung in the balance, how like it was, everybody was passing blame in the story. Everyone's trying to like get the other person to, uh, to own it, you know? And like how it feels like at four different places, maybe more, it could have just gone either way, you know, like it could, like Jesus could have said the right thing. And I, I'm not, I don't even mean like, uh, disappear and vanish and do a magic trick. I just mean like, just argue in a certain way that would have changed whatever. And obviously not that that's, uh, what, what you're supposed to be reading into it, but then just the visceral nature of the, uh, the crown really was, uh, yeah, was impacting. It's, it's a, like, I don't know. I think we, you talked about like the triumphalism of Easter. Like everybody, we, we skip right past this day. Like this is a, I, there's a buddy of mine that is a pastor in, uh, in Georgia and his church that he's at. Um, they had a, they had a good Friday service a couple of years ago, last year or something. And, uh, it was somber and they, you know, it's a evangelical church, but it, it was a pretty kind like, you know, for, for them, it was a pretty good stab at that service. You know, it was dark and it was reflective and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and this year 
they they were in some planning meeting a few months ago and they said, yeah, it just didn't, the numbers weren't good enough. It did, it, it was kind of like a, a downer. And so we're going to do, we're going to do a, <laughs> I, I promise this is real. We're going to do a good Friday 5k instead. Oh no. <laughs> and, uh, it just so like, it, you like, get a t-shirt and you get a t-shirt. It's like it's so perfectly encapsulates like, we, we just don't, we don't want to, we don't want to go here. Like it, it is, uh, it, it's not, it's not a fun read. It's not a, uh, it's not a happy day. It's, it's, but like you said, it's, uh, there's never been a better time to like give voice to that sort of thing than right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the disorientation of the moment we're at in history, um, for, for us, it does open us up um, to that, uh, to a different read. And, and hopefully, I mean, my hope is, I, I've read a, some articles this week from some bishops in the, in the Anglican church and stuff who were, who it still seemed like that there was like, hey, we just got to get through this year and next year. Right. Uh, we can get back to what? what we're doing and I, I i think in any sense there's nothing to go back to i think i think this could be a sobriety for us and a sobriety for the church and to begin to live again in hope and not and and by promise mm-hmm. and not and not by what's true for us yet you know like it's true christ did rise from the dead and was resurrected and and it's true that that like he you know he has life and he is life and it is more abundant you know like but that's not true for us yet you know and yeah and it, getting back to or getting back to is like at least coming to our senses about our place in life and coming to some sobriety about the reality of death. Uh, could be a really good thing for us in the church, you know? For sure. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Fleming Rutledge's critique in her book, The Crucifixion, at least early on, is that, you know, um, pretty much American culture is is anti-death and fixated on violence. So it yeah. pretty much, it, it, it pretty much steers clear of, of Good Friday because of triumphalism and then if it does engage good friday it's all about making you feel bad about violence and you never get to the explicit critiques of power that are in john i mean you were just talking about it right you were you're talking about how there are all these scenes that almost seem caricature-ish because they keep happening you know like are you the king are you a king Mm -hmm. i don't know you tell me you Uh know like you know, you know, then they're they're dressing him up like a king and 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 beating him and flogging him, and then there's the whole you know king of the Jews sign and the, you know everything you know the people are saying we don't have no king. People are talking about power, right? And it, it's just this whole critique of power. And again, you know, our we we kind of miss the whole the culture shift is so different that we don't get the shame of the cross. And we also don't really get the sense that 
the death of Christ is a critique of power, and one of the one of those powers is to stay alive at all costs. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're we we are a hundred percent a death denying culture unless we're the ones doing the killing, and uh, and and that is that is everywhere right now in terms of this virus. It is it, it is how to. <laughs> Like you said, how do we live at all cost? How do how do we avoid death? How do we avoid pain? How do we uh, make people into even more of the other than they are now and keep people away? And not not that we should be <laughs> not that we should be idiots, but like you just wonder how how far this is going to go. Like how how this theme of like the denial of what is real or what's in, in front of us how how far that's going to go. Well, depending on how intense the virus, you know, kind of waves over our country and the, you know the world, uh, it's gonna it's gonna bring all those fears to the surface, you know. For sure. But you know, there's it. It is. It. I'm concerned about how far it will go. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that people who have had their identity reborn in baptism to live the life of Christ and to die the death of Christ would, would want to live at all costs. Yeah. I I say that trepidatiously, Mm -hmm. you know, and saying it, that the worst thing would be to be dehumanized and to dehumanize others, you know, and what would that survival what would be left? Yeah. Even even if we survived. Yeah. What's what's the life on the other side of this even look like? Right. And and that's part of the the truth, beauty, and goodness of that you see in the death of Christ. You know, like, and and certainly Christ doesn't die on every hill. Like he doesn't. There's there's those times in the new Testament where they drag him and they're getting ready to throw him off a cliff. And then he like kind of meanders off. It's so weird. Right. Like, you know, they're going to throw him off a cliff and he's like, well, just not today. Yeah. And, and he's off, and he's off, but there's also a way of like Christ takes on all the dehumanization that, that we would rather have than death in his death. And transfigures it, and that's yeah, yeah. That's just not what you get. That's just not the Easter message. He becomes obedient to I'm, death. He becomes what? He becomes obedient to death. I mean, that's the Philippians thing. It's <laughs> right. He says, "Yeah." He says yes to all of the pain and violence of the world, and takes it on himself. You know, and in himself. I mean, we're you're in Good Friday. I'm in semi Good Thursday. <laughs> It'll be it'll be Friday in two hours, right? Um, so there's there's no t- like, well, uh, like let me can I bring some of two reflections in that of I, I remember now that sure. I think would be really great in the conversation. Yeah, one of them was uh, I think it's uh, Jesus is crucified, and that's done by my friend Jeremy Hunt, who is a Charlotte a native now. He's back in Charlotte again, and. Uh, He's a wonderful scholar and artist. And uh, one of the things he he says in his reflection, and he's pulling from 
I can't remember the name of the theologian, but he says, you know, like Christ takes this death and we have to like good Friday is to sit in the confusion and the, um, what did he say? The, uh, I can't find the right word, but it's like the non-guarantee that this is even going to work. Yeah. You know, of, of the apostles, of the disciples, these, you know, they don't have any idea of what's going on. And then there's this nature of like, you're going, like Christ is going to die. And there, there has to be some, um, I, I forgot the exact word he wants to, he used and I want to use it so bad. <laughs> But just the uncertainty. Yeah. Like the uncertainty of it, you know? And here we are again. Like, you know, like one of the things I don't, like I will, I will have a hard time with is when I hear people make, pro- like I, we make false promises. We're going to get through this. You right. Know? <laughs> I get it. I get why you're saying that. But, bro, let's, let's be real. Let's be, yeah. You know, and, and if we do get through it, it may not be worth getting through it with if it's going to be survive at all costs i mean if it turns into lord of the flies i don't i don't know that i want to live through like right survive that you know so he drew on that go ahead well it's just that it's the the t.s Eliot thing that i haven't stopped saying since i read it in uh tom wright's piece in time where uh there are times that we dare not even hope because if we hope we'd hope for the wrong thing anyway you know yeah, you said that in your reflection, and that was so beautiful, dude. Yeah. Like that, and and <laughs> that doesn't sell. That doesn't get you oh. bunny petting things. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You're not drawing a crowd with that. No way. No. No. But to the ones that need, that, that well, we all need the, the true God, not the triumphal God. Uh-huh but the ones who are aware of their needs and the ones who are bearing intense shame um, and that are put that themselves are carrying crosses and being crucified outside of the city gates. Yeah. They, they find comfort in, in God's participation in this and the hope of the future. But yeah, for them, that's, this is, this is the gospel. This is, you know, the words of life or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, um, the thing that strikes me anytime I read it, uh, this account, especially in John or whatever, is that the whole thing is ambiguous. Like, like the whole, the whole thing, you know, I talked about like how it teetered in the whole narrative, uh, of going one way or the other and the senselessness of it. But then you're right about that. There does seem like there's like, there's just like one turn of phrase that could be said and it would be like, it, it'd be bad, but just, it wouldn't have ended in a crucifixion. You just, know? Yeah. Just get him out of here. Just go back. Keep doing your thing. Yeah. In reality. Uh, but, but then, you know, it's not like, it's not like the resurrection is not, there's not any ambiguity there. You know, he, right. He's walking through walls. He's, he's talking to disciples on, the uh, road to Emmaus, they don't know it's him. It's not until they break bread that they see him and then he's gone. Uh, says, how many people does it say saw him and still some, you know, fell away or whatever, like didn't continue to follow the way of Jesus? 
after seeing the resurrected Christ. So it's not like it's a slam dunk, perfect, triumphalistic. Like I'm not minimizing the resurrection of Jesus. I'm just saying if you're looking for a super black and white, easy narrative, I don't know that it's there. No. I mean, it's not if we're if we're actually living by hope, you know. Right. It's, there's no it's not things that are seen you know and so yeah i i think that's great man and and that's again crystal and i were talking about this earlier about how we want to talk about easter and really on our easter our easter like zoom meeting where we spend time with our church because we're not doing formal sermons right now uh we want to talk about these immersions of the cross but we also just want to talk about it in light of okay there's a Christ, Christ is resurrected. It almost is like, have you ever seen those? This is going to be a semi bad analogy, and I judge analogy, analogies ferociously, so <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and preempt this one. But do you know those Jimmy Kimmel skits where he like has his parents fake like they're eating kids' Halloween candy? Yeah. Have you seen? Have oh, you seen this? Oh yeah, yeah. And and it's terrible, man. I mean, <laughs> it's must watch TV, and then you should be repenting afterward because kids are going to need therapy because of this, you know, (laughs) but here's the thing, dude. Okay. Christ resurrects. That's great. But three, I mean, there's a lot to that. And again, I, I agree with you. I'm not minimizing the reality for Christ, but I'm also not going to minimize the reality for people who are scared and haven't experienced this extreme terror. Right. And, and for days have processed that they've wasted their lives and, and like Christ returns. It's, it's not as easy as like, Oh, cool. You didn't eat my candy, you know, like give it back to me. Like our emotions are running rampant. Our psyche is, is disoriented. There's a lot to process. And, you know, I I just hope that on our Easter, you know, zoom call with one, with all of our, parishioners you know is that i hope we process in some ways that we are still living with hope that's great for christ and we celebrate for him as our promise but there is this chance that it doesn't work out for us you know or it's not hope like if 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 you're not hoping does this make sense yes yeah of course and and so easter for me seems again i don't mean to keep you know bring up this word but the the triumphal easter is only triumphant for god and great it's not triumphant for us yet you know and we have to pass through death we're and still living in the that, tension you know? yeah 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 there yeah. there is a you know we're we're still not to not to tap too much into our uh pentecostal roots but we are still a people that are in need of being guided by the spirit. Like we are still a people walking through an in-between wilderness, whatever kind of a time. And yes, Jesus is alive. Uh, but look, look around, you know, like all is not well. Right. And the promise, like exactly what, where that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to articulate too is, is exactly the power, all the power that's put on display in John, if Christ has all the power there is and is sovereign and is God himself, 
he looks pretty powerless in in his crucifixion. Yeah. And and that's something we have to hold or it's not worth it's just not worth holding, you know? Totally redefines power. It's like uh Totally. Totally. To use a, a a stupid example or whatever, people people say, um, "Yeah, well, well, New Testament says the man's the head of the woman, just like Christ is the head of the church." <laughs> All right, cool. You want you want to be the line leader in your marriage? Go, great. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what the leadership of Jesus looks like. It's uh, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, becoming nothing. Uh, taking on the form of a servant. There you go. So if you want to do it, go for it. Right. I don't, I don't, I just want to make this disclaimer because I don't know who knows me that'll ever listen to this, but <laughs> I'm not a complimentarian in that way. But if I was, the conversation would be, you, you would have to so identify, like if you want to be like Christ in the church, you'd have to so identify with the oppressed. Yeah. That there would be no way of, knowing the difference. And so it would be a striving for downward mobility. It would be a, a, a constant fight downward. Yeah. And, but including like hiddenness, you know, <laughs> yeah. Including like you couldn't, you could, people couldn't know you were striving. Like we would, we, if we did strive, we would want credit for striving for downward mobility. Like that's the kind of, I but, mean, that's the kind of piety but, I would want. You know, like, look at me. I'm lower than you. You know. <laughs> let's let's write uh, let's write Wild at Heart too, and see if we can. Oh Lord, you're you're uh, you're just throwing softballs to me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I was gonna say mention this about that second reflection, and it really comes to play in everything that you're saying right there, man. Is uh, another friend of mine, Christopher Brewer. He's in Cleveland, Tennessee, and he, part of his reflection was uh, on Pilate and um, and Jesus' trial. But his his exact reflection was that that Pilate couldn't recognize Christ because he had too much responsibility. Wow. He couldn't recognize true power. Like. Because it appeared, it, it appears as like real power is love, and it appears powerless most of the time. So. Especially, especially in the initial part of it, I think, I think he works himself, backs himself into a corner at some point, realizes that he may have, I don't know, I might be reading into it too much, but realizes that he may have made a mistake, but it's it's too late. He's already caught up in the wheel that he started. You talking about Jesus, or are you talking about? Oh, you talking about Pilate? I'm talking about Pilate. I was like hearing that as you talking about Jesus. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to ride with that. How am I going to not ride with Joseph on this? Um, Pilate, yeah, he's a. I mean, he's complicated as we all are. Yeah, you know. But I also, and this is what was beautiful about Chris's reflection that has, like, man, it really has shaken me. Is like I'm a person of many responsibilities, you know. Yep. And and I I would be one of the first people to miss Jesus sitting right in front of me. You know, I'd be I'd be busy judging. That's what he says. Mm. Like, dude. Ooh. 
dude. And so you get into like, you know, yeah, you, you if if a man wants to love his wife like Christ loved the church, good luck. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Good luck. Just you know, you can't. You actually can't do it <laughs> unless you're empowered by the Spirit. So yeah, whatever attempt, and I'm using air quotes right now. Sure. Whatever attempt you make would be, you know, futile. For sure. But, that's a stupid yeah. rabbit trail, but I think it's uh, it's at least worth critiquing out loud as many times as I can <laughs> in my life because of the, the idiots that I uh, am am uh, am afflicted with. Uh, I love, and that's one of the things that we come together on, and I think it's great, and it keeps me sane, <laughs> even in your reflection where, you know, you open up with Mark Driscoll's statement that I want Jesus with a, with a tattoo on his leg yeah and like blood you know a thirst for blood like, i, I want my it, jesus it, to be able to win in a bar fight like well yeah I, I hate to break it to you bud like it good luck i mean maybe you find like an apocryphal kind of like another scroll somewhere that we haven't seen yeah. but best we can tell yeah. not there right that's triumphal easter though and i i mean I want that as well. I wouldn't use such a caricature terms to make myself look so foolish. I would dress it up and make it look more pious. Right. But again, I don't, I don't want the powerlessness of Christ. I don't, I don't really want to die. No. Faithful death. You know, I want to survive at all costs. And in, in trying to do so, I would dehumanize the very image that all others are made in the image of God that all other people are made in, you know? Yeah. That's all that stuff is worth confessing, saying out loud. I mean, I, yeah, I, I always want, uh, sin and critique of evil and whatever to be outside <laughs> of me. And so it's easy. There's a lot of targets, but right. it's in me too. Right. Well, you just were talking about triumphalism or whatever. Have you heard roar, uh, give his like, <laughs> 30,000 foot church history thing. He says, he says, uh, Christian faith started as experience in Jerusalem. Uh, he says it moved to Greece and became philosophy. It moved to Rome and became, uh, what, what did he say? I think he says it moved to Rome, became power. Uh, it moved to Europe and became culture and it moved to America and became business. Mm. And so, like, you you know, you mentioned it earlier, like the crucified God and the obedient to death Jesus is uh, is not easy to sell. It's not an easy package because it's not something that we want to, we're not willing to accept, you know, as our own. Like if we're supposed to emulate Jesus, that that's not the Jesus we want to emulate. It's the, we want, we want to be on team Jesus the the one that conquered death and that you know all of that kind of stuff um we don't we don't know what uh we don't know much what to do with the, the crucified jesus of good friday right you're you're exactly right and you're gonna get me hyped up right now so here we go <laughs> i said i'm not a hype guy well, you, you you got the you lit the wick man <laughs> so here you go right like that's the kind of stuff that legitimately drives you bananas. And it, and it comes across in like phrases like this, where people are like, you know, if people just knew the love of God, no one, no one would ever turn it down. 
And I'm just like, what scriptures are you reading? Like, everybody turned it down. Right. <laughs> when it was all done, there was like one disciple, his mom, and a couple of other women. And everybody else turned it down. Like, let's be real, man. You know, you talked about it being this business. Uh-huh. And and that's the kind of stuff that, like, literally drives me crazy, man. Because, like, that kind of Jesus that's, like, going to make some sort of guarantee that your life is going to be better, you know? But it's going to be reason, worse. It's, well, it's, yes, it in terms of like the things that we think are virtuous, it's not, it's not going to meet those things, you know, there's no uh, question. Yeah. We, we, yeah. So yeah, you're, you're starting to light the wick, man. You're trying to get me to blow up over here <laughs> saying stuff like that. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I think, I think all of this stuff is, you know, I, t- I told you earlier, there's not uh, there's not a real direction that I wanted this to go. I just kind of wanted to have some some. I uh, I just wanted us to have some, you know, some time to kind of reflect on all of this and to think through some themes and things that are worth thinking about on Good Friday. And um, yeah, there's not like a in the same way that Good Friday is ambiguous. There's not like a a clear. So go and do this in light of this. I, I think. Um, you know, I've, I've done enough spiritual direction now for a few years or I don't know, two years now to be able to say, uh, one thing I can say out of this is to, uh, go be silent for a while and just think about things. Um, just ponder, uh, read, read the text, maybe, uh, think about the death of Jesus in a new way and in a really visceral way, like actually read it as a, as a real narrative. Um, and and maybe some of these thoughts help reframe or remember or uh, or remind you of uh, some things that you'd forgotten because it, it it did that for me when I started to really reflect on all this stuff in the last few days. Teddy, what do you what is your kind of practice for tomorrow? What are you what are you gonna do? Well, I've kind of che- I cheated because I've watched all fourteen videos because I'm. My wife and I will be posting them tomorrow. My God, you're so on uh, fire for God right now. I know, man. I, you know, I've kind of like experienced all the good Friday I can handle. I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to still post those and, and participate and reflect, reflecting on them. But I've watched it, you know, most of them multiple times and they're that powerful. And that's what I'll spend most of my, my day doing. It's just they're that good, you know. Well, um, for anybody anybody that's uh, that's listening to this, it'll come out tomorrow sometime, probably in the afternoon. Uh, head over to their Instagram page and uh, and look through some of these. What's the what's the app for Parish? Yeah, um, on Instagram, it's well. The name of our church is Parish Long Beach. And so you'll be able to find us at parish under underscore LB. Perfect. And that will, uh, that will get you there. And, uh, I'm excited for it. Me too. Me, me too, man. I'm, I'm really excited for it. And I, I hope that, I, I hope that if anybody who's listening to the, listening to this or who's not, 
goes there like uses it like even if it bleeds over into saturday like take time with them for sure like don't don't watch 14 straight yeah back to back to back to back yeah these you know the cross is not one of the things i was gonna i want to leave with a blessing by the way yeah please Uh, really short but you know one of the things that i just don't want to see this isn't knowledge you yeah you just acquire you know like yeah i love that you said this is there's nothing to say go and do this yeah well my blessing would say would would be this go and be made like christ go Mm. and be made Mm. like christ it's not your job to make yourself go and be made so find ways to engage the spirit and this could be one of them and the spirit of god and his powerlessness that would be my blessing. Amen. I um, will probably end with that, but I, uh, when we were in Israel, like I was talking about, we, we went to the Holocaust Museum there. It's called Yad Vashem. And the way, I mean, it's just the most devastating, brutal thing you've ever been to, but it's this gorgeous architecture inside. And you go into these rooms, but in the very middle of the uh, of the museum, there's this huge, uh, like center. Um, I don't even know how to say it. It's not like an atrium, but anyway, you you zigzag through it the whole time. So you're in a dark room and you're looking at just you know the worst thing you've ever seen, and numbers that don't make any sense. Like they, they, it's like trying to understand space when you're trying to understand how many people were killed, and uh, every, in between every room it's intentionally broken up by coming out into this space to breathe and to kind of uh, think, whatever. And so it's not a, it doesn't lessen the pain, but it's just, it's just a moment to like breathe and reflect. And so I think that's what's uh, one of the beautiful things about the way you guys are doing it every hour on the hour is that it gives us some time to like actually just process because otherwise it's just, it's just data, you know, it's, it doesn't, it never gets past your brain. It just kind of stays as ideas. And um, if this is ever going to become meaningful to you, if it's ever going to get into a place where it can change you, it'll have to get into your heart. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Joseph, I appreciate that, man. And that's a, that, that thing you just said there, that's a word for the, the, at least the American church that I know, like this is not, these aren't platitudes that you just memorize or you, you, you check the box that you attest to, or you believe, you know, like you trust, uh, there's, there's a being made that has to happen to us. Amen. And I love what you're I mean, I, I cannot say enough. What you're saying there is like a word for, for, for my church and for the church, you know, and for me. Mm. Well, I love you, man. Bro, I love you too. Thanks for inviting me on here. This was, this was a lot of fun. We did it. We did it. It's one Oh four AM my time. It's 10 Oh four PM your time. And we did it. <laughs> yes. It's just about time to make some popcorn and have Ezra come out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> what's up guys because i smelled it don't tell me you're not eating it because you wouldn't make it if you weren't 
Well, you're you're caught. Like your hands are in, you, at your mouth with a handful of popcorn. And he like says like it's like it is like this weird interaction because he's like he's looking at you eating popcorn. He goes, "Who's eating popcorn?" And you're like, "Uh, your mom? <laughs> Not me." Uh, that is a. Uh, I came in tonight and uh, and a couple of days ago. I guess I'd hidden it in the pantry, but I'd gone through the gas station and gotten some Skittles. And when I walked in the house, Zeke, I guess had found them. And he goes, "Hey, what the heck, Dad? You have Skittles?" I was like, <laughs> "You, you rap scallion, you dork, you." Uh, yeah. And there's no, there's just, you're like, okay, I guess me and you are eating Skittles now. That's fine. Oh man. All right. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go to bed. Thanks man. Hey, I appreciate you. Uh, let me do this with you. Oh man. I really appreciate, appreciate you doing it and doing it so late. I had a hunch that we were supposed to, supposed to record this. So I hope it, hope it helps somebody. Yeah. Let me know. Um, let me know if you get any good feedback and when you see the, when you see the stations of the cross, I would, I'll, I'll let you know if somebody says something about your station, but let, well, me, I'll, let me know what it's like for you. I will. And I'll, I'll share it. And I'll, um, I'll share it from our church account. I want to see if there's a, like, I want our folks to, to, to jump in on it. And so as many of, as many of them as I can, I'll share. All right, bro. All right, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Love you, Love you man. Love Peace. you too. Peace.